This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This episode is brought to you by Old El Paso. Old El Paso brings magic to taco night. Yep. So you know the problem with taco night. Everything about taco night is great except for one thing. You're like oh, trying oh, to hold I, the- I know what no, it is. Do your tacos fall over? My tacos fall over. That's the only thing wrong with taco night ever. Okay. Well, so here, Old El Paso has stand and stuff taco shells and tortilla bowl shells. They stand up on their own so you can focus less on the spilling and more on the fill-in. Old El Paso. Grab the yellow box. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today we're talking about pistachios. Oh, yes. I So this is episode number 389. Oh, that's a lucky number. I kind of can't believe it's taken us this long. I mean, we, we've done other nuts. Yeah, you know, but I mean. I know we did mixed nuts. We did mixed nuts. Have we done, we did peanuts. Did we do I almonds? Think. Yeah, we did live almonds. I mean, oh. we did a live show about almonds. We didn't do a show about live, live almonds. almonds, like the <laughs> kind of like green almonds. Oh, I was thinking that that like try and like move away when you <laughs> when oh. you reach for them. Oh yeah, like, wriggle. like jumping beans. Um, I'm I'm on my phone here because I want to see if uh, if You're a so listener suggested this so episode. Rude, Matthew. <laughs> Hey, so, you know, the first thing we do on this show, of course, is memory lane. And my memory lane of pistachios is is quite short. Yep, mine too. And it is tinted with red. Because what I remember of pistachios from being a kid is that they were always tinted red. Yeah, like, me too. You knew that they were green underneath, but they were tinted red on the outside. The same way that, like, um, I, I, I always think of this... Um, when I think of springtime in my hometown, there were lawns that were springtime like Springtime in my hometown sounds like a, a play that's like actually like a metaphor for puberty or something. It, it, yes, uh, <laughs> it does. Um, you, you know what we mean by hometown. Yeah, yeah, I do. No, but in Oklahoma City, at least at a certain period of time, 
they would get um, fertilizer sprayed on their lawns and it would be this garish shade of green, this lurid green. And it was the same kind of green that that this pistachio dye was red. It was just this like lurid, weird color. Okay, yeah. Like, did you ever see this on, on the lawns did. of yeah, your like, youth? Like lawn painting? Yeah. I don't think that's what it was called. But I, yes, I don't. Boy. I never see this in Seattle. I mean, but. I know, I, I feel like... We we've sort of crested uh, like like the worst of lawns is behind us. Not that there isn't still a problem with people like using enormous amounts of water to keep their lawns green, but I don't know if people are still literally painting their lawns. I hope not. I hope not. I hope not. I feel um, like that's I something... mean, unless they're like paving over the lawns and then like uh, painting the the pavers. Oh, they're they're literally paving <laughs> over the lawn and then just making like green the paint garden. like this. <laughs> It all comes back to the cement garden. <laughs> yeah, Which so episode was step, that? Oh, God. I don't know. Oh, gosh. Someone will remind us. By the way, listener Carissa, thank you for suggesting a pistachio episode. Really appreciate it. The other thing I always think of with pistachios is the scene in um, in Best in Show okay. when Christopher Guest is, talks about all the different kinds yeah, of nuts. Yeah, and he's naming them off pistachio nut, red pistachio <laughs> nut, peanut, walnut, Brazil nut. Yep. Yeah, God, I love that scene. It's like my favorite part of the whole movie. It makes me want to do another Mixed Nuts episode. Yeah. Um, so can I tell you about something that's been going on in the Mixed Nut department at my house recently? Wait, hold on. That was Christopher Guest, right? Who I believe it was. The yes. guy with the, the bloodhound. Yeah. Okay. So as you know, uh, if you if you, Molly, have listened to our Mixed Nuts episode, I'm a oh, huge Mixed you know, Nuts I fan. Probably have. Probably not. <laughs> um, but I'm not a big almond fan. And I know this is weird. I know everyone agrees almonds are the best nuts. Hmm. But I would prefer a mixed nut assortment without almonds. Okay. What's, now, what's your favorite? Like, which one are you always going hazelnut. for? Hazelnut. I find that hazelnuts so often taste rancid when when they're just, like, eaten out of hand. Yeah, you just got to get a good batch. I love well-salted cashews. Yeah. Oh, I love the cashews, too. So so the my ultimate assortment would be... And I realize this is not mixed nuts too, but I think it just became mixed nuts too. Great. It would be hazelnuts, cashews, pecans, mm-hmm. uh, and Brazil nuts, maybe. I can't Im- I can't picture the flavor of Brazil nuts, but I love the shape. Yeah. So um anyway, so I what I buy is the Target brand mixed nuts, which have all of the things I just mentioned, minus the Brazil nuts, but with a lot of almonds. Now the other two members of my family like the almonds best and would happily just eat handfuls of almonds. These were made for each you other. You see where this is going? I see so where we this sit is down, going. We, we, you know, we watch a show. This is what they mean by Netflix and chill. Uh-huh. We have a big jar of mixed nuts and we're just like sorting them out into almonds this and non-almonds. This is really interesting. Wait, do you guys like, so what time of day do you generally watch shows? Like after Jeopardy. Okay, so it's so after, like after, after dinner. After 8 p.m. And you would eat mixed nuts at this time? Not something sweet? Well, no, we would sort mixed nuts at this time. Well, you would sort and then eat mixed nuts. No, I realize uh, that's how I made it sound, but I think both times we've done this, we just sorted them and then put them away for future consumption. So what do you eat then when you're, when you're Netflixing? 
Oh, ice cream. Okay. Okay. This this makes you sound yeah. more relatable, I think. Okay. <laughs> what? The story about how we painstakingly sorted out the mixed nuts didn't it's, make me sound relatable? <laughs> Come on. And if there is one thing this show is, it's it is relatable. relatable. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's go back to this painted pistachio thing because I put it like further down on the agenda, but let's get into it now because okay. actually when I went out pistachio shopping, I expected to see red pistachios and kind of it hadn't really sunk in for me that these no longer are really available except maybe as like a holiday limited edition thing. So did you find out what the story was? Like I did why find out were what pistachios okay. ubiquitously red? So the, the reason is that the um, processing of pistachios has changed over time. And okay. before the 80s, Pretty much all the pistachios we got were imported from Iran. Okay. They used kind of traditional means of, of picking and processing, which resulted in, uh, because like the shells don't get like washed or, uh, or mm. dried quickly, okay. um, the shells would be like mottled and stained. And there's stained, nothing wrong stained with, with them. like just from growing, like the way that. Well, just from, from like having, from, from like kind of drying slowly and like, well, you know, hold having... on. wait, Matthew, can you back up? I think we need to say how pistachios are processed because I don't know. Okay. So I think they're, they're like washed and they're, they're like, you know, picked like they come, they, they grow inside a fruit. They're like, uh, oh, you know, they're, they're like, like an pit? almond. They're like a pit. Okay. Yeah. So like, I, I feel like we're going through this, uh, this agenda that I wrote out so painstakingly in reverse order I'm and so like, sorry. By the end of this, I'm going to be like Benjamin buttoned down to a baby. Um, <laughs> okay. So wait, does anybody eat the fruit? What's the fruit like? I don't know. I think it's not good, but I'm not sure. I didn't did not come across that okay, in my research. So they grow in a fruit. They grow in a fruit. You you uh, remove the fruit, and so there's like there's like googe on them. Okay. And like if you don't. Like painstakingly, I've said painstakingly like four times now over the course of this episode. I need a new word. Help. Uh, meticulously. If you don't meticulously wash off the googe, okay. like you know, it will it will like you know stain the the shell of the nut. Got this it. This is not. This does not affect the flavor or. And- goodness of them in any way. And the shell is closed at this point. The shell is open at this point because uh, pistachios dehiss. So a dehiscent fruit or dehiscent, uh, dehiscence is when part of a plant. I I love having you as my co-host, Matthew. Part of a plant opens along a seam in order to let something out. Like and that could be often it's it's seeds. It's like childbirth. Right. Could be. I opened along my seam. Exactly. Could I be, mean, quite literally. Yeah, I hear you. The seam opened. Yes. <laughs> You're um, like, stop, Holly, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> no, no, this, okay. this is what makes us relatable. Yeah. I, I, I mean, mean, it's kind of true. I mean, a lot of us have seams. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, so the fruit, it, it's kind of like a like a peach or an apricot. It's got a seam. Yes. So, so like, it can be, a dehiscence can release seeds usually, but it can also be, like, pollen. Okay. You know, so... In order for when it when a pistachio ripens, it the it pops open and there is apparently like actually a a sound that it makes. <gasps> I wanna hear it. And like so I did not really understand like if they grow in the fruit, like is the fruit popping open also or does this happen after? I tried so, so here's when what they, happened. Oh wait, 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 wait. So yeah. when they when they come out of the fruit 
are they're already open? So this is what I was trying to figure out and couldn't figure out, and I hope maybe this is maybe, the coolest, craziest thing I've ever does heard. Does anyone, listeners, does anyone grow pistachios and can like explain like what the steps of this process are? Because here's what I did: I went out to YouTube and I spent like half an hour trying to find like pistachio dehiscence videos, and I felt like I was just trawling the the dark underbelly of the net for like the dankest pistachio porn and came up with nothing like this This is is the one fetish that the internet cannot serve up wow oh my gosh this is a big day that we found well i mean i guess i was on youtube and i should have been on the dark web Mm -hmm. but you know okay Okay. so so i i got like you know 40 percent of understanding of how pistachios work okay okay but so back to the shell, which would have back to the gouge shell. on right. it. Right. Oh, we were talking about if why it they're were wet. not so, meticulously degouged. Right. So, so pistachio wholesalers felt that the American, you know, the fastidious American consumer would not stand for for a gouge modeled shell. Okay. 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 And so, so the growers, after processing, would dye them red, pinkish red, with food dye. Because the the pinkish red dye covered up the mottled appearance yeah. of the shell, like you just didn't notice it anymore. Because like, hey, red knot's cool. And so, uh, so it, it was the shell that was red. Well, the, the sh- whole thing, I guess, sort right? Of became so, but red. I mean, because the shell is open, like the the yeah. part of the pistachio, like near the opening, would also get mottled. Yes. Okay. And so, so tell me about how we now process pistachios such that we don't dye them anymore. Okay. So. Starting in the early 80s, the pistachio industry in California really picked up. Why Why at that time? I don't know. They'd been growing pistachios in California since the, like the teens. Okay. Um, but uh, so the growers in, in California were using, you know, mass production techniques and were like, okay, you know, we can like power wash these pistachios. And well, so at first, you know, they, they were dyeing them red because that's what consumers expected. Um, but then they were like, okay, you know, we can wash these and, you know, market them as like, these are, these are like the natural alternative, you know, mm. that you, you know, at the time consumers were starting to be wear- become wary of food dyes and additives. And so they were able to say, hey, you know, not only do these come from, from California, but like, you know, these are like the clean pistachio. Wow. Okay. Interesting. And so are most of the pistachios available in the U.S. Um, from California now? or yes, do we still the vast okay. majority. That is so interesting that the industry has shifted that fast. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. So Matthew, um, you know, okay. So listeners, if you can tell us more about, about how this dehiscence Especially happens, if, I want to hear the sound. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's I what hear I was going for. I wanted to hear that sound and I could not find it. So, Great. Okay. 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 Tell me more. All right. So Wait, what um, about your memory lane? Oh yeah. So I, I just remember them. I remember red pistachios and I, you know, I don't remember like particularly liking or disliking them. I think I found all nuts kind of like because we talked about this on the mixed nuts mm-hmm. episode that like nuts with shells on were much more prevalent than we were kids and yes. like the you know going to someone's house and they they would have like a bowl of mixed nuts in the shell and a nutcracker, mm-hmm. which I thought was cool, but didn't actually want to shell more than three nuts before I got bored. Yeah. Yeah. Pistachios are really the only shell anymore or the only shell yeah. nut that I think of, of us still consuming regularly and, and having to shell it ourselves. Yeah. And you can buy because it's a they're a delicate nut. And so are they? I th- 
I think so because you, you can more buy than a, more than a pecan though. A pecan is so uh, buttery; it's almost yeah. kind of crumbly. But like, but but like pecans in shells are not very common anymore. And like, if you get mixed nuts with pecans, like here here's what I'm basing this on. Okay, great. I went to Trader Joe's yesterday. I got a bag of pistachios in shells, and I was also looking at should I get a bag of shelled pistachios, mm-hmm. which they also sell, and all of them are marketed as like halves and pieces. Really? Like they didn't have any shelled pistachios that were not partially pulverized. I was traveling somewhere recently, and I was trying to find something to eat in the in the airport, like to take as a snack on the plane that wasn't like a bag of just Cheez-Its or mm-hmm. like Starburst or something. And I wound up deciding to buy one of those bags of uh, pistachios that's marketed by the name like Wonderful Mm -hmm. or something like that, right? And they offered it in shelled or uh, in varieties that had the shell and didn't have the shell. Okay. And I bought the bag that didn't have shells. Because you didn't want to fling shells all over the plane? Well, I kind of don't like the residue feeling of the salt on my fingers after I've been shelling them. And I didn't want to... Like, I don't know. I also just feel kind of gross when I'm sitting on an airplane and I didn't want anything else to make me feel okay. like I'm crawling with, I don't know, germs. Yeah. Anyway, I I am. I just a, said these were washed. I swear. I'm a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Anyway, but these pistachios, that, that particular brand, they were whole and they were delicious. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. And I was so psyched to have them. They were like, I, they were the best airplane purchase I've made in a long time. Yeah, these are very tasty. I mean, you want me to shell these for you? No, it's fine. <laughs> I can do it. Um, June loves the um, salt and pepper pistachios at Trader Joe's mm. that are, they're quite spicy. They have a lot oh, of cool. black pepper on them. She calls them spicy pistachios. And she um, will shell them herself. Yeah, I didn't get those because... I feel like I've had the experience a bunch of times that when I get something that's black pepper flavored, like it feels like it has a lot of like cheap black pepper that's been sitting around. Oh, yeah, for sure. But uh, I'll mm. try that. I love these. Yeah, they're very tasty. Oh, man. Can I take home the bag? Uh, yes, you may. Yeah. This is, I mean, the reason these are so good, and that's why people have been enjoying pistachios mm. apparently since 780,000 BC. Really? Yeah, these is these are some old old nuts. That's incredible. So here's what I what I mean is nuts that Did uh, they originate archaeologists in- think are were probably pistachios and nutcrackers uh, were found at an ar- archaeological site in the Hula Valley in Israel and were dated to 780,000 BC. 780,000 BC. Yeah. I I went with teenager of the show Whoa. Iris to a lecture about the Big Bang. Last night, at just to be clear, that's University after, of Washington after the Big Bang, right? So, so, but, yeah. but I mean, like, not, not long after. How long ago was the Big Bang? Oh, like thirteen point eight billion years ago. So, actually, oh, that's a while after the Big Bang. Yeah, the the physicist who was this professor from Princeton kept referring to like the the end of the inflationary universe as being not that long from now in geological time. What he meant was like less than thirty billion years from now. And he, he's, I love so that this dude, like, guy. Long, you know, m- after the Earth will have been dead for billions and billions of years, he he referred to as not that long from now. When do we think the Earth is going to be dead, and what does um, that mean? So I think y- you really want to get into this on our comedy show. Yeah, I don't think the Earth. I think it's generally agreed the Earth will not be able to sustain life after about five hundred million years from now. 
because the That's sun will really be too hot. Long time. Yeah, I mean, any number of things could happen in the meantime. I remember as like, a child thinking that the sun was going to burn us up pretty soon. Well, I mean, according to this guy, a guy from Princeton <laughs> University, you're right. <laughs> 500 million yeah. years. So that's that's long before the sun goes red giant and swallows up the earth, but it'll just the sun is slowly getting hotter. I feel pretty sure that we're going to find a way to blow it up ourselves before Well, I mean, then. you know, even if we don't do that, like, you know, the earth will probably be hit by an asteroid or two between now and then, which which would not like end life on earth. But it would end us. Well, yeah, it would end us. It could throw couldn't it throw like, us wait, off wait, our I'm orbit? Sorry. No, um, Bruce Willis is actually, this just in, Bruce Willis is going to, to fly out to the asteroid and blow it up, so we're cool. Okay, great, good. Um, if an asteroid that big... Don't want to close my eyes. If an asteroid that big hit the Earth, it could throw us off our orbit, asleep. right? Um, I don't think so. No? No. I've been doing um, lots of really interesting, I mean, I think interesting, reading about constellations and um, and Can we take the that song again? I, I had a third flat note. Yeah, no. Second line. <laughs> no. Um, I've been reading a lot about the movement of stars and how we measure right, the movement of buck. stars. And like, I mean, it's all so relative, right? Because we're looking at these stars from our That's particular... That's part of what the physicist was talking about. That it's, like, it's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Even the way that we measure the movement of stars is so incomplete because we can't, we can't, uh, from planet Earth, of course, we can't see how they're actually moving right. in dimensions. Is it true that stars are just like us? Yeah, they are. Okay. They brush their teeth. Uh -huh. They go grocery shopping. Anyway, but... Um, they expand I was, and contract. So as I think I might have told you on a previous episode, I'd been reading about axial precession. Yeah, I think, I think you mentioned that on a really fun episode. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... But I thought it was so interesting that because of axial precession in 14,000 AD, you will no longer be able to see the constellation of Orion from Great Britain. Like from, from high 14,000 AD? Yeah. That's very soon. That's very soon. Like that I people, could probably put that on my Google calendar. People at, you know, at, at high latitudes. Mm hmm. For example, Great Britain. I imagine where is Great Britain in relation to? I mean, in relation to what? In relation to <laughs> Scotland, the, to like, mean, like Ireland? Uh, no, across like to the United States. Oh, uh, a little bit north. I think, I think? I think it's not that much north. But yeah. anyway, Great Britain will no longer be able to see Orion at any time of year. Oh wow! As of fourteen thousand AD, because of like the tilting of the Earth on its axis. Do you know what the highest latitude is? Four hundred and twenty degrees. Oh, that's, that's cool, uh, man. Anyway. Okay, so. Oh, this is all so cool. Car listener Carissa, thank you so much for suggesting that we do an astronomy episode. <laughs> a thing we know almost nothing about, <laughs> um, but possibly more than pistachios. This episode is brought to you by Third Love. And Third Love <laughs> is the bra company that has more than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. And they design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. And the reason Molly is laughing is because <laughs> she, for a moment she thought she was wearing her Third Love bra, but then realized she was actually wearing no bra. That is how comfortable Third Love is. <laughs> 
<laughs> I couldn't tell the difference. This, none of this is a lie. It's all true. <laughs> no, I'm wearing no bra today. This is not, I mean, for all the things we talk about, Matthew, we don't usually talk about whether we're wearing undergarments or not. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like it's come up before. <laughs> okay, fine. Anyway, um, to find out what Third Love bra you might like best and what the right size is for you, go to Third Love's Fit Finder quiz online. They've got a 100% fit guarantee. So you wash it, you wear it, you can send it back if it isn't just right for you. Yeah, you can try it out for it. 60 days. Whoa. Yeah, that's more than it used to be. So it's the most comfortable bra you'll ever own. It uh, it feels almost like nothing at all, <laughs> as Molly can attest. And they are offering our listeners 15% off their first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk now to find your perfect fitting bra. And get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash spilled milk for 15% off today. I have a lot more to say about pistachios. Yeah, so there's a record of these things having existed or something like it in 780,000 BC. Yes. And by the 6000s BC, we know they were a common food across like a wide swath of Eurasia. Okay. Would that um, be the like the Fertile Crescent? Uh yeah, like bron- the Bronze Age. Where how does where's the Bronze I, Age? How does that relate to the Fertile Crescent? I not the Fertile not totally Crescent sure. was a was a geographic area, Mesopotamia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, right. So you said a place, and I said a time period. Great. We. What do we win? <laughs> um, two great tastes. So um, they, uh, which uh, interestingly, um, the the Bronze Age is even before your dad invented Altoids. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because that was in the late 18th century. My dad is rolling over in his ashes. Because because we denied that he invented pistachios? Well, because there's something that's older oh, okay. right, than right. his invention of Altoids. Here's another thing that's older, Pliny the Elder, who wrote quite a bit about pistachios. Pliny the Elder has definitely appeared on the show before, as a guest. <laughs> You know, I think I first learned about Pliny the Elder because there was like a there was a fancy microbrew for a while called Pliny the Elder. Maybe it still nice. exists. I first heard about P- Pliny the Elder when I was uh, a acting in my ninth grade play Dracula, uh, and I played Renfield's attendant, big role. And uh, somebody like Van Helsing or somebody uh, talks about how uh, like Wolfsbane and how Pliny the Elder mentioned it. Okay, so who was Pliny the Elder again? You know, he was an old Greek botanist. And so I got I got wondering, like, we always hear about Pliny the Elder, especially on this show, which is which is one of the <laughs> premier Pliny fan, Pliny the Elder fan casts. Um, wow, but, we, we cover so much territory on this show. Right. So but was there a Pliny the Younger? The answer is yes. Pliny the Younger was the nephew of Pliny the Elder, and okay. apparently he wrote a bunch of letters that have been preserved, and none of them were about pistachios, as far as I know. Wait a minute. So, hold on. This this thing, this bit you're doing about Pliny the Younger, <laughs> let's just call it what it is. Like, I realize this, this is hack material. This, this, Every, you know, you turn on Comedy Central, everyone's got a Pliny bit. Um, this is mine. Anyway, so wait. Pliny the Younger, you just inserted in here to be funny. Yeah. Right? Okay, mm-hmm. wait. But what is AF? A-I-K stand for. As far as I know. Oh, okay. Go on. Okay, so um, so Pliny the Elder. Oh, Pliny the Elder um, wrote about pistachios and how they're good eating. That's basically it. Okay, great. And uh, the word pistachio comes to English from Persian, mm-hmm. along with many other words, including assassin, azure, bizarre, calendar, and orange. Wow. They all have a certain, they all put your mouth, or most of them do put your mouth in a certain position. Yeah. 
that's uh, similar. Yeah, although, I mean, there are hundreds of other words in English from Persian which may or may not share that quality. That makes sense. I, I started I started going down the Wikipedia page of uh, of words, English words from Persian, and just started, I made a list that was like 27 words long, and then I'm like, no, gotta oh, call it. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I want to look this up. Okay. Okay. Um, so anyway, these are some old nuts. These are some old nuts, is, is what the you're point saying. I'm trying to make. Okay. And in the, ni- in the 19s, they were introduced to California by um, a uh, well-known, apparently, um, uh, horticulturalist named Walter Tennyson Swingle. <laughs> Mr. Pretty. S- Mr. Swingle. He's a real swingle, sling- swingling guy. Anyway, uh, t- tell me more, Matthew. I, okay. I'm, I'm going down the agenda, and it is packed. Deep. Yes. So like most things we call nuts, pistachios are not botanically nuts. They are seeds, but who cares? In general parlance, any large oily kernels found within a shell and used in food are commonly called nuts. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, like, Are there any nuts that are not seeds? Well, I mean, they all, like a nut is a type of fruit that's like a, a hardened ovary that, okay. uh, that contains a seed and doesn't have like a fleshy part around it. So, so I think pistachios are droops, like which is a type of fruit that has... D-R-U-P-E. Yeah. So like hazelnuts are one of the only true botanical nuts that we eat. What does that mean? So uh, bot- botanically, <laughs> a nut is a hardened ovary with a seed inside it. That, that isn't inside something flashy. Oh, got it. Okay. Okay. Yep. Oh, I'm, uh, pistachios I'm are, are uh, members of the cashew family, but it's a large family, so they're not really that closely related. That's how I am with a lot of my family members. I know. We're, yeah, large family, not really closely related. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I have there's a lot a whole, of like... There's like a, a, there's a large Canadian contingent really? to my family. Like what part of Canada? Well, my dad was Canadian. Oh, right. And uh, came to the States in 1953. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, he was from Ontario. What Canadian plant did he bring he with him Toronto. and establish in America? Um, I love Toronto. I love Toronto, too. I wish my dad were still alive because I would like to ask, I mean, for many reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but I would like to ask him more about what brought him to the States. I always, like, I picked up somewhere the idea that at the time that he graduated from medical school, which is 1953, if my dad were alive today, he would have just turned 90. Wow. Uh, anyway, when he graduated from medical school, somewhere I picked up this this idea that there was, like, a cap on the number of Jewish doctors allowed to be like licensed in Canada. Wow. That seems, it seems quite late for that kind of thing. I mean, after world war two, but I know nothing about it. It it seems like like that would, that would uh, strongly and unnecessarily suppress the supply of doctors. Yes. Yes. Uh, Anyway. And also make a lot of mothers, Jewish mothers, very very unhappy. unhappy. Yes. My grandmother was very proud of her son, Morris, the doctor. Look, I got got one with a mottled shell. Oh my God. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. It's it's inferior. Mm -mm. Anyway, uh, so my dad came to the States. It's not inferior. um, And took a job at the University of Maryland. Anyway, but yeah, I would Is love there to. I would more love to, to the story. I would. Well, no, I just would love to be able to ask him, yeah. like, why he really came, because I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm uh, possibly unfairly maligning Canada, like on hearsay. I mean, probably you could you could uh, research this topic without requiring like speaking to the spirit realm. You know, I'm too busy okay, sure, reading I, about constellations. Right, right. We can Matthew, we can tell all, and, all and listeners the proper, can tell proper motion of stars. We are not people with a lot of spare time. <laughs> Go on. Okay. To be clear, I'm researching that stuff for my book, I man. Know. It's and it's cool. Astronomy is cool. 
We've we've established this. Okay. okay. Um, this I'm, I'm hitting the end of my pistachio facts. You'll be pleased to know. Uh, pistachios are dioecious. I know we've talked Go about on. this before, I, but yeah. I can't remember why. I don't remember what it means. So dioecious plants have uh, separate male and female plants. Oh, like um, eggplant. Right. Okay. Not eggplant. We, that's what we talked about it because we thought eggplant was and we and we determined that it's not. Oh. Um, but pistachios are. And so uh, like the fruits come from the female <laughs> pistachio trees. Okay. Probably you don't need a lot of male pistachio trees to fertilize a lot of female pistachio Let's trees. Let's see how it usually guess. works. Yes. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've hit the point in the episode where we've said pistachio enough that it's the word itself is slowly losing its meaning yep. for me. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you repeat any word over like, and over and it I just remember becomes a series of sounds. When I was a kid, like, like I remember that happening and, did, did and you, feeling like, what if it never goes back? Did you ever, like, I distinctly remember afternoons of boredom yes. in my childhood. Bless those afternoons of boredom. Kids today, I know this has been widely recognized, but kids today do not have a- afternoons of boredom anymore. Uh, anyway, I remember lying like crosswise on my bed, like staring at the ceiling, uh-huh. thinking aloud to myself my name over and over and over oh, again no. until my name started uh, to come apart into and then it was its like, constituent oh, no, sounds. Do I exist or not? Exactly. Um, exactly. You wonder how I how I I, I became who I am today. Uh, when I was a kid, I had like um, like wood over over my bed that had like a like a wood grain pat, you know, like an irregular wood oh, grain. Oh god! Pattern. And did you find all kinds of faces and shapes in it? Yeah, including there was one part that totally looked like boobs. Oh, I bet you watched that part a lot. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. It was my yeah. favorite show. <laughs> Um, I had floral wallpaper oh, at a nice. certain point in my childhood bedroom. When I was a kid, it was white wallpaper with brown zigzags on it. Nice. That is classic. Right? Yeah. Uh, 1978. It's like a, a, a foreshadowing of next week's episode, which is Ridge Chips. Yes. Uh, and then I then I got floral wallpaper and a pink carpet. Did you pick out the floral wallpaper or did you move? I, no, I picked it out. I wow. Wow. I think this was like a really big deal. I think I was in mm-hmm. grade school or something, and this was so exciting that I got to kind of redo my bedroom. Anyway, and then I remember finding a lot of shapes and like eyes and things like that. Ooh, in, eyes is scary. In the in the the floral wallpaper. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Childhood um, man. You put some. You put an observation about pistachio flavored things. Yeah. So I remember noticing this, you know, there are, I would say, particularly in in sweets from from the Middle East, there are there's like they use pistachios really well and frequently and baklava Baklava, and other things like that. But I think the other place where I first came to know pistachios was through like French bakeries, which Mm -hmm. often like they'll use like straight up pistachio paste, almost like almond paste. Straight up paste. In desserts and things like that. But I remember noticing sometimes that like a pistachio cake would just taste like almonds. And I noticed this quite often too about pistachio gelato or pistachio ice cream. Often it just tastes like almond extract. And it makes me wonder, are are some people just using like green dye green and almond dye extract? Green dye and almond extract? It's possible. Um, pistachio flavor I think of as being more, much more subtle. Yeah, I don't want to like flavor. throw around accusations like the way you're always accusing Canada of things. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's possible because when I looked into like what are the dominant flavor compounds, as you do, what are the dominant flavor compounds in almonds versus pistachios, there's very little overlap. Like the flavor of pistachios mostly comes from alpha pinene. 
Okay. And the flavor of almonds mostly comes from benzaldehyde, which are not similar compounds at all. This is really interesting. I wonder if any of our listeners who maybe um, you know work in commercial bakeries or have a baking background like this yeah. could could tell us anything. We're about leaning it. hard on our listeners, like. Well, not as hard as, as the dishwasher episode when I begged them to send me a dishwasher. Which, which uh, we should, we should, important update, that oh, has not happened. Yeah, it has not <laughs> and, happened. And also, guys, <laughs> hold on. Do you remember how in that episode I kind of poo-pooed Jet Dry? You were like, yes. hey, have you ever used Jet Dry? And I was like, eh, my mom used to. I never buy it. Yeah. Guys, I bought Jet Dry, uh-huh. and now my dishwasher works really well. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Does it have any filters you could clean out also? I'm sure look, it does, but I don't filters. know where they, they might, are. Like, I love cleaning gunked up things. Oh, God, I do not. Oh, really? Because, like, I know we've talked about this many times before. But like, the other day, once again, I cleaned all of, like, the gross, gunky hairballs out of my sink drain. What? So satisfying. You want to come do mine? Yes, I do. Oh, Matthew. You know there's, like, boogers and stuff in there, too. Of course. It's disgusting, but it is so satisfying. Do you wear latex gloves? Yes. Oh, Good. <laughs> good. I mean, that, that yeah. stuff would stay under your fingernails for a long time. Yeah. Do do I watch videos of people <laughs> clogging sink pipes? Maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So, Matthew, what do you like to eat or what do you like to do with pistachios? So, I don't actually buy pistachios very much. Um, oh. So, like, my favorite pistachio-flavored thing of recent times is the, the pistachio croissant at Crumble and Flake. Like, if you like an almond croissant, I think a pistachio croissant is all that and more. Do you but think we, it has almond extract in it? I don't think it does. No. No. Just, just um, pistachio, and, and I, I should, pistachio. I should specify, like, stuff. I don't like eating a handful of almond, almonds, but I do love almond-flavored things, but I think this is better. Interesting. I haven't tried it at Crumble and Flake. Yeah, it's really That's good. That's good to know. Um, I really like the pistachio gelato at D'Ambrosio Gelato Absolutely. here yeah, in Seattle. Yeah, they're famous for that. It's fantastic. Uh, apparently, um, they they say that they use pistachios from some region in Italy. Br- yeah. Bronte? The Bronte pistachios, yes. Yeah? Is that it? I think that's right. Okay. But, but I don't know if it's related to like the Bronte sisters. I don't know either. In my first book, I included a recipe for a pistachio cake that you sort of embed um, apricot halves into before you bake. That's really nice. Yeah. But I have to say, when it comes to baking- Apricots or droops? When it comes to baking, I'm, I'm kind of more of an almond person. I like to eat pistachios out of hand. I love the flavor of almond cakes and almond yeah. desserts and things yeah, like and that. Yeah, and I love the texture of almond paste, oh, like when it gets God, a little kind chewy of fudgy, and springy. Fudgy, fudgy. Yeah, absolutely. But I love eating pistachios straight oh, up. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I cannot stop here. I think they're fantastic. Yeah. Pretty much. So I recently, um, I don't tend to keep beer around in my house a lot. Yeah. But I bought a six-pack recently of... Pistachio-flavored um, beer. No, of Freem, which is a brewery out of Oregon, I How believe. How do you spell that? It's P-F-R-I-E-M. Okay. Freem Pilsner, um, which they used to only have in bottles. Now they have in cans. Bought a six-pack of Freem Pilsner. I feel like I want to go home, and later today, I want to, like, sit outside and eat some pistachios and drink a Freem Pilsner. All right. You you may take the pistachio bag. Don't forget. <sighs> Thank you. All right. You can find us online at SpilledMilkPodcast.com uh, and Facebook.com slash SpilledMilkPodcast, where, gosh, we've asked you to weigh in on a lot of things this week. Mostly please, just, like, please help. teach us the the things about pistachios that we don't know and, and about the universe in general. Yeah. Like, I came away from this Big Bang lecture with, with more questions than answers, which I guess is what real science is all about. Yes, man. Wouldn't you say? Yes. Oh, I should call so myself beautiful. the science guy. 
You should. Yeah. I feel like there mm-hmm. there might be a copyright issue. Mm, Probably not. Nah. Nah. Now we're good. Okay. Um, so uh, you can find us on Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast, where I recently teased, uh, I posted a picture of my uh, homemade bread that's going to be on an upcoming sourdough episode. Uh-huh. I just ate some. Yeah. And it was delicious. And um, what else should people know? Please leave us a review, rate and review wherever you listen to the show. Mm-hmm. Our producer is Abby Circatella. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. The show that's uh, full of droops. <laughs> I'm Matthew Amsterburton. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg. She'll be coming around the mountain. When she comes. Okay. All right. Um. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.